I was determined that when everyone was saying COVID's hit, put put everything, put on, everything the shelf. on hold. Yep. And it's like, this is the woman in me coming out, right? It's like, <laughs> guys, bit of determination. guys, you can't be half pregnant. Yeah. We're pregnant. <laughs> We've got to deliver this baby, right? <laughs> There's no side yep. shelving this baby. Yeah, it's coming. So it's coming and we're going to deliver it. So it was that sort of mindset that, yeah, got has got us through because everyone else that shelved it yeah once we got through the that major that part, first part of it round, yeah, sort of, and, yeah. and then everyone realizes there's going to be a housing shortage and welcome to talk design show where creatives have conversations i'm adrian ramsey your host and having lived a life of design myself i wanted to share with you the creatives that inspire me and in turn may inspire you Thank you for listening and please enjoy. My guest on Talk Design today is Lorna Willis. Now Lorna and I go a fair way back. Um, She's a great friend and I met Lorna through my wife who they were both on a property or sorry on a capital raising course and Lorna's a bit of an expert at raising capital as you will discover. Lorna's a property developer um, her current project that she's working on is around a $90 million project, which is um, pretty sizable when you come from a, it's in our local area and when you come from a local area like this. So Lorna, uh, we're going to dig right into your history and everything, of course. Welcome to Talk Design. Lovely to have you here. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure. So let's just kick off with... $90 million, how are you going to spend it? Right. How's it going to be spent and what's that going to be about? It's a reasonable size project and I've seen it, of course, so far. But um, yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, so Adrian, we haven't obviously come out of the ground yet. We've got DA and we're about to launch into marketing. So the $90 million refers to the gross realisation value. So that's the in-sale price. So when we started this journey, it started three years ago and it's got a, probably another two and a half years to run. So it's not a small project by any means. It's you know 25,000 square meters of build, which just happens to be slightly bigger than the local new town hall that's going to be built. Oh, really? <laughs> so, I can throw one of those on the side. <laughs> yeah, and look, I've had so many people go, oh my goodness, that is big, you know, and it is for this region. Um, and it happened quite by accident that it ended up that big. But um, what I wanted to also explain to people is that when we talk about history, let's go back and people think you start at this level. And I just want to assure you that, man, I didn't start at this level. (laughs) I come from very humble beginnings on a, you know, I'm a farmer's daughter who grew up on a farm with carting your water up from the creek, putting it in a big copper boiler, using the timber, the, uh, the wood that you've already cut out of the, you know, the forest and you Boil the water water. and you had that family bath once a week. And we had no electricity. We had kerosene lanterns. We had coolers for meat safes, you know, that sort of thing. Eventually, we got a generator and thought we were... You've grown up at that point. Yeah, yeah. You've moved to the city almost. But what it did as a child, it actually taught me to be solution focused. And, you know, if the cows were getting out, you had to use that barbed wire and a bit of stick and make it happen. You, You know had to fence them in or you come across a snake, which often happens as you're running (laughs) down to the river. It's like, oops, you know, do you run or do you, you know, what do you do? So there's always that you're on alert, you're looking for opportunity, you're looking for risk, you're looking for, you know, and I think, you know, as I grew up, we were playing in haystacks, for example, that's that's where our, you know, cubby houses were or whatever. So I was designing. You're a natural builder, <laughs> a natural designer and builder. My passages and my little rooms within that haystack, and you know, you play within the little tree houses. So eventually, so this new project looks like a haystack. It does. It does. It's, it's just a, a big people haystack. are going to know it really? because it's going to look like the haystack. <laughs> just, a, just a really big haystack, <laughs> mind you. We did burn that haystack down as we we're playing. But um, one of the things that I think has I've been able to draw on is you know. Coming from humble beginnings, you always wanted for more. So I always wanted, you know, something new that I could be proud to bring my friends home to rather than losing the cats down in the gaps between the wall and the floor. So, you know, (laughs) you had that side of it, but you also had that creativity side of it always happening. Like we didn't have toys. We had hand-me-downs and bows and arrows were made out of the string and, you know, a little bit different to what happens in in today's world with kids. I think the thing is, is that you – 
in this difference is like you look now um and we've got our millennial generation where entertainment is supplied as opposed to made and it's going to be an interesting part of the future because they've got all these other tools that they can make entertainment with um we well i, I didn't grow up quite the same as you but very similar like toys and stuff you know i think i had four things that were in my wardrobe um and one of those was a school uniform and something else was where the sunday school and every everything that you had you made you you created it a bow and arrow you know any of those things was just up to you to make and uh, your your imagination was constantly doing that and like you say you're constantly designing your environment when you're doing that because it's whatever's available yeah and it gives you a a lovely grounding in how you think because you're always looking for possibility as opposed to looking waiting for possibility to arrive you're looking out for possibility absolutely you know and we didn't have kids coming over to play or you know any of that sort of stuff so oh, of course because you you're on a farm remotely so, yeah remotely right. on farms and you know dealing with extreme climates and things like yeah. that but anyway what i was getting towards was all i ever wanted was for a nice house so uh, i actually started working at the age of 15 yep. um part-time and then this school stuff it's like what do i need that i've yeah. got money coming in i'm just gonna work so i bought my first block of land at the age of um just before i was 18. Right. So I for four thousand dollars. Right. That was big money back then. Had to was that was that in Victoria? Where, yeah, yeah, it was in yeah, Victoria. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, four thousand dollars. Did you have a mortgage? Um. No. No. I'd saved. You'd saved the yeah, four thousand dollars, um, which would have been a colossal amount of money to it save. It was. Yeah. yeah. Like your parents it, probably didn't have that much saved. No. No, yeah. in fact, I had to lend that $1,000 at one point to buy some hay <laughs> or go for a drought. But, you know, this is my determination. I was always, you know, I... striving to have something nice for myself. So needless to say, um, married a chippy as well. Right. And so <laughs> we built our first home. and On your block of land? Um, no, oh. we actually, this is where I learned about, you know, this strange thing happens when you buy, buy land. Yeah. Uh, we didn't actually want to live in that town where I bought it. So yep. two years later, we saw one that where we wanted to live, sold that one. It's like it's gone from four thousand to seven thousand. Oh my goodness! Oh, so you suddenly got the wow. you, you suddenly understood. It's like how did that happen? Capital, I didn't do anything to it. Capital growth. <laughs> and so we bought for seven thousand. Then in the town we wanted to build in, and and um, yeah, I was you know we married. At, I was just before I was twenty, and yep. um, built our first home there, and. Then started having children, which you know at twenty three. As you do, so then you needed more more rooms in <laughs> yeah, the haystack. Yeah. So then we decided um, four daughters later we'd built another home. Yeah. And because I'd started designing them then, right yep. in my mind, yeah. Someone else is applying the application of the design to yeah, the plan. Yeah, drafting it. Yeah. In drafting it, but that's at thirty. I'd had my fourth child and decided what I wanted to be when I grew up. And when are you going to grow up? I'm not. <laughs> just puts... But I did go off to school and college and uni and do yeah. architectural drafting first. Then I went and did architecture and I thought, oh, why not put another string in the bow and do interior design as well. Right. Right. So that sort of got you through that journey. But you started that journey really at 30. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Other than physically yes. building those houses, which was a great education too, because if you've got a belly that's sitting right out there with, you know, eight months pregnant and you're trying to nail nails into the floorboards and yeah. they turn out like mushrooms there's a reason why yeah you know? exactly. but, but it was hands-on carrying stumps helping put them in you know it was mates rates where we got guys in to help us and we'd help them so it was a journey that started gently 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 like i'm doing a 90 million dollar project right yep. but it's it been a few stepping stones starting in the haystack that's right starting the haystack <laughs> and then and and then just kept being added to along the way Go back around to um, something where your, your my wife and you met when you were doing capital raising, and um, with with venturing into that world, you don't you know necessarily just have the money to start a ninety million dollar project. With capital raising, if you explain sort of a little bit about how that works in syndicates and things like that, so that people who are on this journey in the audience can go or, or looking at this journey in the audience can go oh okay great these are the kinds of things i need to be able to fund creating a project of that size because it's got to be fraught with risk 
well, if I could step back a little bit to marriage, I was now stepping out on my own, which is always risky as a woman back then and all those sorts of things. Did so, they give women bank loans back then? Did you have to take your husband then? <laughs> Just about. I've got a client and, and she said to me, this was only about, I reckon, five years ago. And for those of you who aren't in Australia, don't get this out of context, but we were all shocked. She went to um, she, she, wealthy, a wealthy lady and she's married. Um, but she controls her sort of families, and I say family, not the, her just direct family, not just her, her and her husbands, but her family's investments, and they've got investments all over Australia. And um, she was going to the bank to restructure something, and you know how they move bank managers around. So they'd move bank managers around, so she had a new bank manager to talk to, and um, he basically at some point said to her, um, I think you better bring your husband in. And she's like, what? And I can't <clears throat> tell you what she actually said because um, it went from him to the top of the bank. Um, she was like, because yeah. I'm a woman doesn't mean I need a husband to sign a piece of paper. And she was being treated, and this isn't one of the big four, um, she was being treated like those draconian kind of rules that, yeah. that existed out there. Well, not rules. I don't know that they were rules. They were just the way right. people behaved. Yeah. Um, and I think needless is... to say, she got more than the money she required, <laughs> and he got, um, yeah, more than he was expecting. Than her, more than her husband coming in. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I don't right. think he's ever met her husband <laughs> to this day. Yeah. So this was, you know, around twenty-five years ago. Yeah. So we're talking about a time where it was difficult, but um, I just started out small. Started out with change of use. So I yep. bought a residence. I thought, well, I can put my office in it when I graduate. So yep. that's what I did. But I did the, um, so you know, bought it for 75000 did 80000 worth of Renault's change of use, all that parking yes. and everything else. Yep. But I was in a rising market as well, and I was in the main street. So it was in a mixed zone use. Nice. And so uh, within two years, because of bringing in other tenancies, so I you know, yep. put the business in, but I also got an engineer, surveyor, and, and like-minded. Grouped everybody yeah, around so you. Yeah, so it's a one-stop yep. shop sort of thing, which was pretty innative back then. Um, in a tabib, yeah, that word. Yep. And so when um, I went to revalue it, it had gone up to 421. Right. In so your So your $160,000 development or buy price and that, was how much of that was raising market and how much of that was um, yield? Because well, you know, commercial properties often on to, yield. It's hard to measure that because yep. we went from a residential to a commercial, ah, right. right? So yep. in the same building in the envelope. Yep. So I just went, oh, Shazam, that worked okay, didn't it? So I went two doors down and I did it again. Mm -hmm. Then I went two doors down and I did it again. And then the agents just knew to bring them to me. Yes, right? you, you established your brand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to actually leverage off, you know, the equity that was being created. So... That was when I learned a lot more about equity and what it creates. Right. And so that gave me that sort of leverage. And then I just kept getting bigger and bigger and I'd buy three yes. sites together, yes. turn it into eight commercial. Right. And then sometimes you'd sell them to the, you know, you get the tenants in and they'd want to buy it. So some you'd sell off, some you'd keep. So there was all this, that's happening over, you know, like a 10 year, 15 year Yeah, it's period. just, it's banking knowledge and, um, and building your own journey i suppose um, and there was no education out there back like, then yeah in terms of you know from a regional area to get education you know even if you went into the city it was very sparse and well now there's a lot of people who educate on it but not many of them have started in a haystack well <laughs> that's but that difference do you yeah, know what i mean like you've yeah. done everything from um that first initial learning right through to um building it with physically actually physically being there on the tools, working out how something happens, drawing it, um, designing it, creating it, and then actually operating from it and having other people operate from it. Um, so as you say, it's not like a just a quick journey that you suddenly arrive at. It's a journey that you take that gets you there. Yeah, so... And the largest one I did was uh, just before the GFC, which was yep. 219 acres. Yep. I bought a farm, like I needed a farm, but I only needed five acres of that to do an over 55s village. Yes. So I knew I could sell down the titles because there was actually nine titles. So I you know, felt quite confident that it that, was all going to pan yeah. out. But I also learned about vendor finance. Uh, right. Yeah, right. Of so because it was a $5 million acquisition, 
mm-hmm. woman on her own, no bank's going to lend her that money. Yeah. Now, even with my track record, I actually got a loan to do the development, but to actually buy the farm, like yeah. a lady in a farm, what's she going to do with that? So I learned about Bendel And we're only talking like in the last 10 years. Hmm. Mm. So um, anyway, successfully did that. I got the DA while the the vendor finance sat there for two years while I got the DA. Um, And then, yeah, we had the GFC hit. I actually got a lot of things happened, but got out of that quite okay um, and, and did okay with it. So very fortunate. But then in 2010, Boxing Day, I had a very serious car accident and that nearly killed me. Um, my kids were called in to say goodbye and I had 13 companies at the time. So you set up special purpose vehicles for each development that you do. You mean special p- purpose companies, yeah. The vehicles, yeah, well, separating them off. But yeah, do you mean, you mean companies, world. yeah. So you they have a company companies. so that you're limiting your liabilities yes. in each spot so one can't bring down another one. Yeah, and, and also and you close protects, them out. Yeah. Right, yeah, yes. and, it, and it means that you can protect your um, investors and stuff in one bunch so they're not... If something goes wrong in another place, it doesn't kill that thing. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So I wasn't bringing in investors at okay. that time, yeah. but that's the purpose of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So having had the car accident, having had my children come in, you know, flying from England, yeah. Canada and all over the world, um, to say goodbye, I actually handed over my power of attorney to my fan, financial advisor. And so, I'm sure, this was going to be, turn out to be a wonderful move. Oh, it was the best thing I could have done. Obviously, I wasn't in any state. I needed yep. to go through rehabilitation for the next 12 months. My kids couldn't handle looking after companies like they know nothing yep. about property at that stage. So, um, yeah, the recovery started. And by the time I got out the other side, I'd found I'd been embezzled mm. significantly. Mm. <laughs> so, hence, I'm getting to the point of the story. Yeah. <laughs> hence, when I you know, removed all the smoke and mirrors and veils that were being overshadowed. And, you know, even though I reported him and found out he'd done this many times and he's still out there doing it today. Um, but once I sort of found all uh, that out, I thought, right, I'm never going to let this happen to me again. I need to get educated in corporate advisory yep. and capital raising, all those things so that I can look after all of that on my own, set myself up better so that if something was to happen to me again, I would have a second in charge, a third in charge, and I have a direction around it. So my whole business model changed. And that's how I met Becca's. I was yeah, right. in Victoria coming to Sydney for the MBE course. Yep. And we were learning from some of the best in Australia, business women, yep. business men. Uh, Janine Ellis, for example, from Boost Juice. Yeah, right. Come in yep. and mentor us. And there's only a small group of about 15 of us mm. being mentored by um, Jack DeLosa from mm-hmm. Entourage. And so that's how I met Becca's and she was coming from this little place called Budrum in Queensland, <laughs> Sunshine Coast, and I thought it was part of the Gold Coast, so who knows? Yeah, but right. that's why um, it was so bizarre to end up here in Budrum <laughs> on the Sunshine Coast. I was convinced it was guys. because it was you met me. <laughs> you thought, Not quite. Can't live without those guys. Yeah. Not quite. No, so, it was bizarre because you came from Victoria to um, here, essentially. Landed here yeah. and I haven't... And moved really since so that's eight years ago so having done that i actually took four years where i just said i need to learn the region i need to learn the sort the wheat from the chaff yeah because you know this assumption that everyone treats you the same as you treat them is just not the same in that Mm -hmm. world plus the other thing is it is a male dominated world developing developing yeah it is and so building and architecture and all those things are are still um male dominated in the, in the whole and you know there's there's some reasons for that but part a lot of it's just the history and also you take something like architecture where it's got a long um you know long study period and stuff like that for a woman who goes out and studies architecture um she may end up with her license at the end of that well she would end up with a license at the end of that and her qualification but by the time she's done all those years, she's also possibly ready to start a family if she's come straight out of school and gone and done that. So that collides and then men would just keep pushing through at that point and not all women will do that. You know, Well, they can't do that. They'll, well, they'll have a family and stuff yeah, like that. I'll give you the so opposite. So then they have to come back in. I'll give you the opposite. Yeah. So I'm 30 when I realised yeah. what I wanted to be when I grew up. I go and apply. Yes. I tell them I'm a mother. I've got four children. We're running a business. Da-da. I got rejected. 
because you will not handle the homework and the workload that that's here with four children and all these sorts of things. So mm. I actually got rejected. So then I went in through the back door and went to night school. Right. And it was so ironic at the end of it, you know, well, halfway through, because I was getting high distinctions, not that anyone's ever asked me, what did you get for your grades? <laughs> How did you go there? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. you either qualified yeah. or you're not. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know why I tried so hard, but probably to prove myself. And, you know, halfway through the course, the same guy, who rejected you. me was then going if this woman with four kids running a business working <laughs> part-time can get the homework done you can too <laughs> you became the example <laughs> and I, the dropout rate was extraordinary yeah and so you know you might have started with a class of 35 and end up at the end of it with six and yes. i'd be one of the six yeah you know course. yeah and it was just that again uh, grit determination all the things that you have to get it done there's no not getting it done that came from that background i believe that i had as a child well you, know? you yeah it, like and when you grow up like you did there's only degrees of success not so much degrees of failure because the thing still had to be done and it's whether it was done well or whether it was done poorly yeah but you know like if the if there wasn't enough hot water in the in the copper then you had a very small bath and that was because you didn't carry enough water That's right. and, and those kind of things, you know, or if the fire went out before it got too hot and it was not warm enough, then you had a cold bath. It's, there was still a success story um, that had to be completed. And so it's just how well it gets completed. Yeah. Um, I want to go jump into um, with Luana, which is your development and um, along the way. So when you, when you found this, uh, or spotted this opportunity and um i know some lovely stories that you're going to tell us around you know settling all the properties and getting all the properties that you had to get hold of to be able to get this building footprint and how you um worked with what councils regulations and um overlays required and how you actually got to maximize those things tell us some things around you know this journey once you were into luana or, or you knew this is where you were headed and how that piece of it developed and some of the things that others didn't see that you saw as an opportunity and obviously maximized well having come to the sunshine coast as i said eight years ago um it was all about learning from others so two of the people that i was learning from actually employed me to help them and assist them with a project not far from Luana. Mm -hmm. And so I learned about that region through them, but I saw the opportunity while I was working back with them at the time. Yes. So I'd identified it to them. All right. But they unfortunately weren't doing things correctly in what they were doing and got into all sorts of trouble. So when the opportunity came to me, I then thought, right, here we go. This, this could get started. So originally we went after six lots. Yep because that's the minimum that you could have 3000 square meters right three, i was yeah, gonna say that minimum. was the footprint yeah yeah and um, we didn't know anything about these things called nodes yeah which is uh something uh, the lines that a council has drawn but no one sees them until it's usually too late and a very experienced developer up the road had actually spent two hundred thousand dollars on eight sites and had gone into da found out there's nodes that actually gone over the node, which identifies the area by two lots. Yeah. They had to go back and totally redesign. They had to pull themselves back in to the node. So six plus two, they yep. had to go back to their six. Oh, okay. Right. So they because owned two they, lots that they couldn't use as well. Well, at that they, point. Oh. no one ever owns them up front. We don't right. do it like that. We yep. actually you own an option. Yeah. We, we put a contract in place subject to. Yes, to gotcha. our satisfaction gotcha yeah. yeah so we have that sort of thing going on and um we also had battles going on because the the previous people that i'd worked with found out that i was now getting involved with this mm -hmm. other opportunity so they tried to you know side swipe it and put yeah. in better offers and all that sort of stuff so we had all the owners who had been conditioned that they were going to get a better price because it's a development site yes. if they stick together. Yes. But then they got divided about who they were going with. Were they going right. with me? And I'm being touted oh, a as personality a personality contest. Well, it wasn't so much a, per well, you could call it that, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, I was being touted as a woman and ha she'll never have the money. And, you know, actually, there are a bunch of women. And so some of the, the male egos, actually, of those owners yep. fell for that 
trap, but two owners didn't. They saw through it. Yeah. It was propaganda. Yeah. And they actually said, we'll go with you. So it just happened to be they were the middle two blocks. So they were key. You couldn't do it without them. That They were the key to unlock the whole opportunity. So we said, okay, well, we'll take that opportunity. And realising, too, it was just three women at the time. So yep. I you know, got some... We're going to go back to talking about women, but yes. Money partners. And those money partners were women who come from the wild property women. And they um, realised that we could be sitting there land banking this thing if we can't get the others across the line, right? right. We had to be prepared to do that. Yeah. So we in were, land banking, just you might just have to sit it out. Sit it out until the next cycle. Yeah. It's property yep. cycle. Yeah. So they and I were prepared to do that, but still work on it. Yes. And so once we settled those, though... Those other owners go, oh, my goodness, those women actually own those things. We've got no chance now of getting serious. top dollar yes. if we don't join them. Yeah. And yeah. so bit by bit, and I had to get a um, um, beautiful male in Leon yeah. to go and start communication again with them because egos wouldn't let a woman go back and say, I told you so. You know, you can't do that sort of thing. So it was like... That's Leon, crazy. Yeah. you're a lovely, charismatic guy. Go and have a talk to Mr. So-and-so and Mr. So-and-so and see if they've changed their mind. You know, and we just had to stay out of that game of, you know, he said, she said, and the game of yeah, up just in the stay price. With what it's, you're no, doing. this yeah. is the price. These are the reasons why. We had to educate them. Yeah. We yeah. can't pay more yeah. and we won't pay more because at the end of the day, the feasibility has to stack. If it doesn't stack and we don't show a margin to the bank, we will never get our money to settle them. So we can promise you the world, but we can't do that. The only way the only way it's going to work is if it works in the line that it needs to go on. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that you know that whole process of just rounding up the cats yes, of owners I can took two years. Yeah, right. right. And so once we got the contracts in place, of course, then you start DA. Yes. And then that's a whole other process. Yeah, sure. But in the meantime, we've had three more owners come to us and say, oh, we want to jump on board too. So we could actually take them in. Extra owners. Yes. Even though they were outside our node, what they were being is isolated outside our node if we didn't take them in. So council saw that as a favourable take in. Yeah. Just depends on council, doesn't it? It does. So so they allowed us to take it in. The other thing that the um, other development hadn't delivered was five metres of the, the land they were supposed to deliver for this walk-through thoroughfare. Yes. And they hadn't delivered it. So we started negotiating with the councillor at the time saying, look, we'd be prepared to deliver that 10 metre wide strip um, and this is what we're proposing. So, of course, we're working now with councillors, we're working with community. It's yep. a very different approach yes. to going and doing the wrong thing and not you know, isolating blocks, not delivering five metre wide strips and all those so this sorts is, of things. This reminds me, I can't remember what that movie was called. Was it Up and Away, that kid's movie um, where the guy, um, you know, ends up with his house and he's surrounded by the big buildings. This is what council does to stop that from happening. Yes. So that you don't isolate people or isolate properties. Yes. That have then become, uh, you take all the value out of it for the owner um, and somebody ends up overshadowed by a high rise or whatever, but mm. they've got their one little house still in there and they're going to stand there till they die kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. and there's much more to that story but we've only got yeah time, exactly but... <laughs> well, it's a fascinating journey because it takes it developing isn't just about building or designing and building it's about actually bringing in community bringing in your um council or you know uh what do you call it like the, the powers that be that control well, it was everything. The, the actual council lord that we were, you know, talking and communicating with on a regular basis yeah. as well. Plus, you've got people in council who are the people that sign off. So they yes. sort of yeah. work together but different. Yes. And so, yeah, it was interesting. And when, you know, <laughs> when we finally got the DA submitted, I mean, because you've got to get the, you know, owners to approve and sign off that you can go and apply for a DA on their land because you haven't settled it yet. Of course, yeah. So, you know, you've got to work together. And at the end of the day, when we did settle, which was a mission in itself, settling nine sites. Yeah, it was nine sites on one afternoon, wasn't it? Oh, it was crazy. We were supposed to settle on the Monday. It didn't happen. Yeah. 
I happen to have my kids and grandkids visiting me from Victoria because <laughs> they finally got out of COVID. Yeah, they were out of lockdown. We're so. out at Aussie World and I'm on the phone with the kid between my legs going around the dodging cars, another one trying to hit me from behind. And I'm, on, and I'm on the phone to the lawyer and the accountant and whatever, <laughs> trying to make it all happen. It was just the craziest day. But um, even in doing that, one of those owners is what, who was the Mr. Real Cranky Pants yeah. and, you know, women and all the rest of it. He's had to eat a little bit of humble pie because now they can't find somewhere to live. So they've asked, can they rent? Oh, right, rent their house back. <laughs> their house back. You know, and that's why it's important to, to try to, and make it a win-win absolutely. for everyone because yep. at the end of the day, we can help them, they can help us, whatever it is. that's the whole thing. You know, absolutely. Like it's, it's not just about trying to make a massive yield of dollars out of something. It's actually about building something that lasts, especially you start building, you know, something like the structure you're, you're proposing, well, not proposing, about to build. Um, that that piece of something is going to stand there long past your lifetime. Long well, past we haven't actually lifetime. said what it is. So it's 112 apartments yep. and five commercial underneath on the lane side. So it is significant. Yep. And there will be local people living there who will yes. be downsizing, living there. There'll be families living yep. there. You know, there'll be... It'll be a community in itself. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to tell a little story here of... Um, Lorna one day ring me up and saying, Adrian, can I have your studio um, over over the weekend? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. What do you need? And she's like, I, I just need your studio. I just need somewhere to go and work on something. The drawing board. Yeah, the drawing board. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. And um, so she did. And uh, anyway, at the end of the weekend, she came and she'll, you only have to give me the details here, but the yield on of number of apartments that you've got so is currently... So what happened was we had employed an architect, right? Yes. Someone I didn't know but was recommended up here on the Sunshine Coast yeah. out of Brisbane. And they had come to the table and they brought a yield of 80 apartments. Yes. Yeah. And so everyone just looks at me and goes, it doesn't work. It doesn't so, stack. So the, the, finances, the finances of the whole project require more than 80 to yes. make it work. Yeah. So I was so convinced that he'd got it so wrong that that's when I asked you if I could borrow your drawing board. And I spent the weekend just doing scaling and measuring and all the rest of it. And I went back the following week to the team and I said, I reckon I can fit 117 on this. Yeah, right. And the architect was very embarrassed because we're paying huge dollars to yeah. him. He's well-renowned. 27 more apartments. Yeah, and the guys rolled their eyes at me like, oh, this woman is nuts, you know. Come this far. <laughs> <laughs> and so the architect said, all right, give, give me a look at it. I'll, I'll go and see. Well, as embarrassed as he was, he came back with 112, right. um, which I was happy with. Okay, 112, the deal yep. stacks, it works, right. We're yep. you know, paying the right amount for the land, it's, you know, one – it's a basement car park. We've yes. got all that worked out for car ratios, all that sort of stuff. But since then, since we got our DA, we actually sacked that architect, yeah, needless right. to say. Yeah. And we've employed another architect who actually got the yield up to 117 and a much better design. So we went back in for a minor change. Yes. And which oh, was cool. a major yeah. change. Yeah. That we yeah, exactly. actually, Couple more actually improved it so much more and got to where I wanted to get to. But it took a, you know, a it's huge a amount of effort. It yeah, sure it's a journey. Is. It's a financial journey as well as an, an effort journey yeah. and a vision journey, knowing that you can see where it can get to. Yes. Um, a lot of people would have gone, well, it can't be done at that point. Yeah. And the other guys were, or people in the wings would have swooped in to try and grab what you had and see if they could make it work, I imagine. You would have sold it along the way. Well, but, yeah, the contracts are set up, you can just walk away. Yes, so, of course. You know, yeah. But uh, I knew it could work because of the previous experience and the years I spent working with the other guys, learning from their mistakes. I knew that this could work and it Absolutely. could work well. And that's what we've ended up with, a beautiful building about to go to market. Yep. And in a beautiful boom time, like never seen before on the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I look at, at the Sunshine Coast is under a massive upward pressure gold rush at the moment there's this whole of southeast queensland and yeah you couldn't be in a better the, the planets couldn't have lined up better than they That's have right. for you guys it's it's a it's fantastic it um we've seen here uh through covid um we've hit just a, a massive upswing and this was the other thing too that we had to be solid about was i was determined that when everyone was saying COVID's hit, 
put put everything, put on, everything the shelf. on hold. Yep. And it's like this is the woman in me coming out, right? It's like <laughs> guys, bit of determination. Guys, you can't be half pregnant. Yeah, we're pregnant. <laughs> We've got to deliver this baby, right? <laughs> There's no side yep. shelving this baby. Yeah, it's coming. So it's coming, and we're going to deliver it. So it was that sort of mindset that yeah got has got us through because everyone else that shelved it yeah once we got through the that major that part, first part of it round, yeah, sort of, and, yeah. and then everyone realizes there's going to be a housing shortage and the demand's yeah. higher than the and everyone's migrating out of victoria and new south wales yeah. up to the coast and people are coming in off the regional areas to yeah. a beautiful hub as yeah. the sunshine coast out of the cities out of brisbane up yeah. to the sunshine coast they're just coming from everywhere um and it's sort of they were on the back foot then and they yes. all put their plans back into DA, and now they're all cluttered in yeah, DA, going it, through a bog time. Whereas we struggled with, yeah, getting through DA because we were working on Zoom, and you'd be talking to different um, council representatives, and one would drop out, and the other one, um, would, and they'd be at home, <laughs> they'd be to do from their home, job. Yeah. With bad Wi-Fi, yeah, yeah. you know, one would be dropping out, the other would be uh, coming back in. Oh, now I repeat myself, yeah, okay, repeat, you know, all that sort of stuff. But we just soldiered on. Yeah, we just soldiered on. But determination's a great thing. It um, it'll carry you through stuff that 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 you just won't even know is going to exist until you actually get to it. And then innovation becomes the the key at that point to hear and understand, and then solution find. Um, with it, you said you started out with yourself and a couple of women from Well Property. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I absolutely love is, whilst Lorna has all this knowledge, she's happy to share it. And over the years, she set up a group of um, women. Um, although there's quite a it few men that kind started. of hang around the edge of it. Um, <laughs> it <laughs> called is... Wow Property. So tell us about Wow Property, and yeah, how that how it's how actually, started and what yeah, it's become. It's Wow Property Women. Yes. So and our projects are Wow Group. So Wow Property Women started actually with your wife. Yes. Because she, you were interested in doing some investing. She didn't quite understand it. Yeah. And you forget how much you, you learn, right? And I, I'd say things like, well, how much equity you got? In, what's your yeah. LVR? Yeah. And it, it just went straight over Becca's head, you know. And so I said, all right, look, let's do a little get together. We'll get some of your friends who also want to learn. Yeah. And so we got around my dining room table. And so we did that. And they everyone was able to contribute in a way and help educate. So then it, they said, let's do it again. So the next month we got together again and it got bigger than my dining room, Got went into the lounge. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger until I had to take it externally. So now we've got, you know, over 500 women yep. who are interested in mainly um, development, but also just investing in property. So that there every month we get together, I bring in guest speakers and you've been one of those guest speakers that yep. the ladies love. Um, but it's that flow and effect of sharing knowledge, experience, but also encouraging. So women need an environment where they don't feel like, you know, they yeah. can't ask the right questions. And, mm -hmm. you know, if they feel teary on a night because something's happened at home, it's okay to cry. Yep. You know, we'll, we'll support you, whatever it is, whether it's property, whether it's whatever, because property is a tough gig and it's not for the faint hearted. If you're a developer, it really yeah. is not. And I keep yeah. telling people that it's well, not also as soon as you're a developer and, it, and it's uh, projects take time and think market conditions, everything can change. It's not like I choose it today. So say buying shares, I choose it today and I can sell it tomorrow. No property. You've got a long burn in it and um, everything's moving and you can't predict the future. You well, can predict the outcomes, but not the future. Holding costs can yeah. be huge. They can be significantly yeah. chewing away at any profit you've got. So any time lapses and those sorts. Anyway, it's all stress yes. that can consume you. So having an environment where you can come and go, oh, I've just had this happen. Anyone got any ideas or, you know, that sort of thing, that support. But also to be inspired. We've yes. had one lady sit there for three years, do nothing. Yeah. And eventually I'm going, come on. Time come to on, do jump it. over the so cliff. So she did her eight townhouse development on her own you know we yeah. supported her from the background yeah. gave her contacts and all those sorts of things so it, whether it's just buying a house and not feeling confident that you're in the right area or whether it's right through developing mm -hmm. something a splitter block a flip a reno whatever um it's a support group predominantly but we've also added some social functions to it too and and we're having a lot of fun well, along the way <laughs> with that is is everybody who's in the group um physically um, in this location or like close by? No, well, we just had, so obviously, you know, when Zoom um, and COVID, COVID yep. and Zoom happened, yep. we actually, our reach went 
further I don't even know how people find us like we I just had this lady Josie who's ridden her motorbike from Darwin down here to the Sunshine Coast to meet me and the wow women right and just happens to ride a motorbike so obviously I've been able to take take her out on a few motorbike rides through the beautiful hinterland but she's one of the investors in Luana right right? she'd never met me but she had seen the journey the education just me sharing the journey and the knowledge and everything about it she's obviously felt that I was trustworthy and she's come on board for that. So she wanted to come down and see where the project is and meet the ladies. And, you know, so we've got people in Victoria, we've got a group started in South Australia in Adelaide. Um, There's people West of Australia, yeah, all over contacting us, but predominantly I'm focused on the Sunshine Coast because it's paradise and it's where opportunity is. And you're here. And I'm here. You're here. I I know from, you know, having presented at various different, well, um, women's group uh, meetings, it's fascinating, you know, there's the there's the kind of a core group of people that hang together and hold on. And then there's the ones who come and go, but because of the way it's, it's sticky, you know, people, they, they hang around it because they've got this desire and timing will become right for them. Like yes. you said, you know, she's been there through that lady three years and then it's like, come on, you can go, you can go. And next thing she's like going, okay, cool, I'm in for eight. You know, she's, she's creating she a She was sitting on the land. That. Yeah. She just hadn't taken that first step. And now she's through and out the other side and she still can't believe she's done it. Yes, I she, bet. Yeah, she yeah, calls yeah, herself same. a one-hit wonder, but she's done it. She set herself up for life. That's it. She's, and this yeah, is what right. we try and do is encourage women to become financially independent, not yes. without a husband, not no, without a partner, yeah. just understand finance and understand how it works. So if something does happen, they're okay. Absolutely. You know, and I think this is where one of the big changes has to happen. Women have to take control of their funding and understand it at least and work together yes. with their husbands. Yeah. But to be independent doesn't mean to be without men because we've no, got no. some amazing men around yep. us. I mean, all, all the guys on my project are incredible yep. guys. Yep. And we love having you in. We love having, you know, all the different guys we bring in. We love it. But it's a safe place for women to feel comfortable and ask those questions that might seem a little bit like they might embarrassing. Get, I was about to say might get you know, brushed aside or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. I'll break it down so that they can understand yes. it. If I think they're not getting it, I'll break it down again and ask that next question. You'll, I've done it to you many times. Right? times yes. <laughs> and so, you know, when you come in on uh, yep. our April event yep. and, you know, we're bringing in some other guys with you, um, we're going to workshop that and go right through. Well, how did you do it? What's your process, Adrian? Yes. Really yeah. spell that out so that people, even if they're doing a little Renault or their ensuite through to a ninety million dollar complex, there is a process. It's still design. That's it's right. It's still design, and and yeah, the same with like you're saying with developing. Um, you know, it's it's a process. We get people who come to us. We don't really do much with commercial or um, multi res. But um, we'll get people to come to us and go, can it be done here? And I will go, oh, we, we can check to see what can be done. Um, but the big thing is, is do you know how big this journey is? When you when you go from I'm going to build a, my own home or a single home on a block to I'm going to build a multi-res on a block, um, what happens from there? What happens from there is that big journey. So one of the things I'd encourage anybody to do, and we will post all this in um, the Talk Design website, will be to have a look at Lorna's Well Group. Um, there's a wealth of knowledge you can find in there. Um, you just heard before that you can get that knowledge. Doesn't You're not location dependent. Um, a great space to join up to um, and get that information, get that uh, community and if you're looking at doing something uh, there's a massive amount of depth of uh, of knowledge and you know as Lorna said from haystacks to you know um, 90 million dollar development that's just hers she's surrounded herself with people that have got all that and more uh, which is I suppose pretty exciting really and it starts to put you in a position where failure gets harder much, much harder. Success becomes easier because you've got the right team of people around you. Um, I want to close on something, which is um, you're a champion of women. Like you you champion women um, everywhere you go. And uh, I wouldn't call you a feminist because you're very feminine, but you champion women into belief, self-belief into 
taking action into being supported through that. Where does that little bit come from in your personality? Um, because you're so um, fabulous at it. It's really wonderful. I guess it goes back to the childhood too, you know. Um, I was supposed to be the other boy on the farm and, you know, but then at times I was supposed to be the girl and wash the dishes, you know, and there's always right. that inequality. Um, but it was like, don't tell me I can't do it. That's a red rag. That's a red <laughs> rag. Don't tell me I can't do it because I'll prove you wrong. And and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I just want people – I've had to do a lot of personal development, sure. right? Yeah. And I think that's what people miss. Property yep. development is much about personal development. Yes, as, mindset. Right? Mindset. Well, and, um, mindset, but it's emotional. Yeah. Like men can do more water off a duck's back sort of stuff. Yep. Women, we take it to the core and can be heartbroken over a decision we've made that's impacted somebody else, right? Whereas a guy might say, right, well, I just got to fix it. That's it. So yeah. you've got to get sort of that middle range of, okay, I stuffed up on that. Yeah. And I've stuffed up before. I've fixed it before. So let's get on with fixing it. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's gotcha. That, it, you've got to be able to pivot. Yeah. Accept that you made a mistake, which we all do. Of course, there's going to be mistakes. And I think that's one thing we don't do very well is forgive ourselves. Ah, right. Yeah, right. We don't actually forgive ourselves. You might own the mistake, but you don't forgive yourself for making it. Oh, we own it and we wear it and we just torture ourselves with it. Right. But what we've got to learn to do is forgive ourselves. Yes. We are human. Yeah. And then pivot. How do we fix it? Yeah. What's the fastest way to get from here to here, doing the right thing to put it back where it was? And then once you get back where you should have been, it's like, right. Done. And once you've done that a few times, yeah, it makes a huge difference because then you've got evidence. Uh, yes. And you stand and, and on also, the evidence. Yeah. Also, you're, once you learn to forgive yourself for something like that, it gives you the, sp- the um, space to grow past it. Yes. Otherwise, you, you're stuck where you were in it. Yeah. And um, it, you can't grow out of that, out of that mindset. Yes. So then you can improve your mindset as you go forward with each success and that banks a success on top of a success. Yeah. So when those architects came in and said we could only get 80 on it and everyone goes, oh, my goodness, we've done the stack, we've done all this work. Yes. First thing was, oh, my goodness, I'm an idiot. How could I How afford did I miss that? This? How, did, yeah. how did I miss it? But then I had to pivot and go, can I have those plans? Can yeah. I work on this for the weekend? Yeah. Of course I can. It's my project. I can work yeah. on it. Adrian, <laughs> give me your drawing board. <laughs> you know. And then I went and worked on it and I come back. Yeah. Humbly, not like I told you so. Humbly, no, no. I said, guys, I reckon I can get 117 on here. Would you like to recheck? Yeah. But gee, it gave me a shift in confidence once I'd played with that and worked with it and got it to that point where I believed in it. Do you the know what I mean? The difference between Friday and Monday or absolutely. Sunday afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A whole new person. And so I could have taken them at their word. Yes. You know, and I could have been gutted because now we're sitting there with this land banging happening and nothing's going to happen with it. Yeah. What a mistake I've made and I've encouraged and, other people and other to go people, down this path. Other people were there with you. Yeah. And, yeah. But exactly that, I had to say, okay, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but let me at least test it and see what I can do to get it back on track. Yes. And I think that's the important thing. It's learning to have, because I've been told so many times, Adrian, I've got balls, right? Right, yep, yep. (laughs) And I probably to some degree had to grow them. Absolutely, along the journey. Along the journey. And I think you've got to have, be able to do both. I think you've got to be able to pivot from one side to the other, but also keep your heart you know, keep yourself. You're very in centered in who you are as a person. Your values are very centered. They are now. Yeah. Well, yes, and, <laughs> but that's growing to be that. That's right, and that's that personal so, development. Yeah. You can't get there without it. Yeah. And so that's why I encourage people. This isn't just about property development. It's who you must become. Yes, who you must become to be able to do this. It's how you, not necessarily physically, but mentally, change as a human being to be able to be in that space. Hmm. Well. That has been a feast. (laughs) (laughs) And I think there's so much there for all the audience. There's so much there in um, who you need, who you need to be able to, or who you need to become to be able to take that next step. And that can be, uh, I know one that Becky uses, which is, you know, 20 seconds of courage can overcome just about everything because you can keep stacking 20 seconds on 20 seconds on 20 seconds and um, until you've got two hours of courage, you know. Well, Becky and I actually did a series on this, Who You Must Become, a whole series on it. Right. Ten weeks we did taking the women through this. And it's in our library. Right. That's how important I think it is. Yeah. I think that's fabulous. And so the WOW Women's Group. WOW Property Women. WOW Property Women. And we'll, we'll post all this. So with that, 
um, yeah, if people are interested in joining up, seek that out on our on our site on talkdesign.show and find that. We'll get you in touch with Lorna or you'll be able to get in touch with Lorna directly from there. If you are looking at putting together a development and you want um, expertise or development partner or you know looking for development partners, again, another opportunity. That's the WOW group. That's the WOW group, okay. Um, and if you just want to meet a beautiful human being who's well-centered and ambitious, um, but not at the expense of others, um, ambitious, driven, and an absolute make things happen, um, meet Lorna. So Lorna, thank you so much for being here. It's fabulous. This was our first, my first face-to-face -face podcast, by the way. Um, all the others have been recorded, you know, remotely. So Lorna and I were lucky enough, we live in the same little, well, we used to live in the same street until she moved, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that we were able to do this face-to-face. Um, -face. So it's been really cool as well. Yeah, thanks, Adrian. It's been fun. Awesome. We'll be in touch and we'll talk soon. Take care. Richard's Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. Now, I know feed pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, if it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being pressured on fees, I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it. And it's by asking, let's say, three questions. And this is called takeaway selling. So this is where you kind of offer something up and then you take it away and see if they follow you. It's almost like imagine if you had some hot ch chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them. You put them in front of them, someone and then they went to reach out and then you, you pulled it away and you see if they get up and follow you. It's that type of thing. So this is called takeaway selling. So the first question you ask, you say, well, why don't you just leave the situation as it is? Why, why make the change? That's an unusual thing for a designer to say. Well, why not just leave it as it is? And see how they answer. And then you might say, why did you want to speak to me? Why did you not get someone else? And see if they follow you. See if they answer properly. And the third question would be, well, why not do it later? Now, by asking these negative questions, you're going to get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it. Because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either going to react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.